The views expressed on The Pickleball Show are not necessarily those of the USAPA. The Pickleball Show is the official podcast of the USAPA dedicated to growing the sport of pickleball around the country. Show your support and become a USAPA member today. Visit USAPA.org. From Bainbridge Island to the Villages. Pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports in America. Buckeye to Abbotsford. Time out, baby, yeah! St. George to Rochester and all points in between. If you've heard of pickleball or you already play it, then you know. This is the Pickleball Show. This is Coach Ball from PickleballCoach.com. And here's the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Live from the PBX Club Studios in Asheville, North Carolina. It's the Pickleball Show. I am your host, Chris Allen. Thank you for joining me today. And thank you for all the comments and questions that we received over an episode we did uh, about a month ago. It was episode number 65 featuring Steve Peranto, and this was about the new pickleball ratings system. We've got a a lot of reaction, a lot of questions from people, and I want to have Steve back on the show today to answer some of those questions for you. So let's welcome him again uh, from Portland, Oregon, Steve Peranto. Hey, Steve. Hi, Chris. How are you? Doing well today. Thank you. And and, uh, thank you for bringing an additional guest on board. And that is also one of the originators uh, that kind of gave birth to this idea, this new rating idea that would provide more accuracy for tournaments and, and for players around the country and around the world. And that is Paul Porch. Paul, thank you for making time to join us on the Pickleball Show. Thank you for the opportunity. Steve, just to go over it Real quick, you said that the new ratings will be more accurate and they'll change from game to game. As you play in a tournament, uh, your rating will either go up or down, uh, you know, even just as, as quickly as this past weekend. Is that right? Yeah, and that's one of the things that makes it exciting is after you play a tournament, this is what we hope will happen, of course. This is what they do in table tennis. We'll be able to go check and see how our ratings were affected by our last tournament, our last matches. We can also check our friends' ratings. Now, one of the things that uh, a comment that came in right after that episode aired, uh, people said, well, you know what, with table tennis, and and you had also mentioned chess, uh, they said, well, those are both sports that are predominantly one-player sports. So your rating is really based on your individual performance. And a lot of people said, does it really lend itself that well to a sport that is primarily done on a doubles format? I will say that it is definitely going to be more accurate in a one-on-one situation. So for the ratings and singles, it'll be very, very accurate. Those are some of the issues that they have to figure out with algorithms to make it as accurate as possible. The more data we have, the more match results we have, the more accurate it'll be. But it is possible. Yes, I mean, there's other sports. uh, There's a lot of computer games that have teams involved that some teams are rated higher than others. Does that mean that maybe one player wouldn't take as big of a hit if their partner was maybe rated under them, where it was kind of obvious who the strong one was and who the weak one was? Well, that would actually be up to the vendor that the USAPA uh, identifies as doing the best job would decide, possibly through collecting of some data. Okay. One thing that occurred to me uh, when these comments were coming in and people were giving me their feedback, I thought, you know, there is the law of unintended consequences. And I thought, well, if this rating system kicks in, one of the unintended consequences might be 
you might see less uh, enthusiasm for mixed doubles. And this may be something you guys already thought of, but let me explain it real quick. I'm thinking that, you know, there are a lot of guys out there that are playing and and they enjoy playing. But, you know, let's face it, if you're a guy, when it is mixed doubles day at a tournament, the de facto strategy is to target the woman. And so a lot of guys, I think, would feel like, hey, you know, I've worked two and three years to build up my rating and you know, I'm finally over, you know, whatever, I'm over a 2,000 and uh, I'll be darned if I'm going to I'm gonna jeopardize my rating playing a mixed doubles tournament where I'm only going to get two or three balls hit to me the whole game. I'm not going to take a big ratings hit because of that. I'm just, I'm going to opt out of mixed doubles. I'm just going to play men's on Friday, but I'm mixed doubles on Saturday. I'm not going to do it because I don't want to jeopardize my rating. What do you guys think about that? I actually think it's the opposite. My girlfriend and I play some tournaments together. She's a 4-5 and I'm a 5. But when we do, she has to play in the 5-0, which even makes the situation worse. Where if we were in a tournament where they had her, I'm just guessing on, I'm just randomly saying the guessing, and she's a 1,600 and I'm a Mm 2,000, that we're in a bracket with other people that are also that same level combined, we have just as much chance as winning as they do. So uh, I actually see it as a benefit, not a detriment. Now, if if someone is that wrapped up in what their rating is, there could be an issue with some top, top, top players. We're only talking about, you're really only talking about probably the one, one percentile person who is that wrapped up in being the top five players in the world or something. Also, under the proposal that uh, will be put forward soon, each player will have three ratings. They'll have a singles rating, they'll have a mixed doubles rating, and they'll have an unmixed doubles rating. Oh, okay. So you'll actually have three numbers and not just one number. That is exactly right, because there's different skills required for each of those events. I mean, it's pretty obvious with singles versus doubles, but even within unmixed doubles versus mixed doubles, there's different skills required, both the men and the women. So that's good news. So that means that uh, that under this new format that Sarah Ansbury can go ahead and ask me to be her mixed doubles partner and not take a big ratings hit if uh, if we don't come out with the gold at nationals or something. Well, only if it's your lucky day, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding out. She hasn't, uh, yeah. you know, I think she's, she's just playing, she's being a little bit coy right now. Probably, she, probably. Is there a possibility that uh, both the the old rating system the three five four zero four five that that can coexist with this new rating system that maybe if you're into tournaments and you want a more granular determination as to exactly where you rank that you could also then employ the new system is it is it one or the other or can they both get along yeah I think not only will both of them exist but there's other systems out there too some clubs might have an A B and C or some have advanced intermediate beginner. So there's already multiple systems out there, but this one will be something that would be sufficient to work with the tournament level players because for one, there's some concern with the seating. And if the seating is subjective, that is not generally gonna be good for anybody. I think all the tournaments would, will probably be using the system. There's lots of just fun play at different clubs where nobody is worried about ratings. And that's, that's always will exist. So, I mean, a lot of times you can say, eh, you know, I'm a 3-5 or I'm a 4-0 and, and that'll continue. It won't just be totally dropped. When it's tournament time, you can say, well, I'm actually, I'm a 1780. That'll be a lot more accurate because, you know, when people drop numbers like, well, you know, I'm a 4-5, 
Well, you're a four or five in what part of the country? A four or five in one part of the country might be a four in another part. So this will fix that. Are you a 20-year-old four or five or are you a 70-year-old four or five? Now, see, here's that's I'm glad you said that because in this system we're talking about, if you're a 1600, it won't matter if you're a 70-year-old 1600 or a 20-year-old 1600. A 1600 will be a 1600. And that's where the computerized system would help is that the player's rating will change after every tournament and uh, they won't get lost in the shuffle like now. You can go years and tournament after tournament and either not get a rating at all or, or not have your rating change. This would be much quicker and much more accurate. Now, when you go to the, the website, pickleballratings.com, and I know it, they've got a message there saying this is still in beta which means, you know, we're still tweaking it here. This is not uh, ready for prime time. But people look at it and they go, I don't know about this. I mean, they've got this person way above this person, but, you know, this person just won the, you know, the pro at uh, U.S. Open or something like that. And this person hadn't played in eight months. Where is the site now in terms of accuracy and, and what kind of tweaks need to be done before it is ready to, you know, ready for prime time? The biggest tweak we need is we need a lot more data. Data. The more results you have, the more accurate that'll be. That's for sure. Now, remember that pickleballratings.com, that isn't necessarily going to be the company that USAPA chooses. There's seven companies, I think there's seven companies, I believe, vendors that they'll be choosing from. So that's just one company that has put this out there. Oh, okay. USAPA has not chosen. And by the way, um, Chris Thomas has done a great job putting this committee together. And it's been a lot of work that he's put into this. We hand it to them for getting this going. But again, we're, now they're just approaching this, the level where they're going to be choosing vend a vendor. And there was a, a really informative blog post that was done on rvpicklers.com. Nancy Whiteman wrote it, and uh, it's always fun to read her stuff. But uh, she did a blog post that kind of bounced off our original podcast, Steve. And, and uh, she's down in the villages when she's not traveling around in her RV. And Chris Thomas is down in the villages, too. And uh, she invited Chris Thomas to lunch and asked him a few questions. And we'll link to this blog post in the show notes. Yeah, this is Paul. And I thought Nancy did a good job in uh, reflecting the current situation. Well, it sounds good. And let's uh, circle back to it. Uh, if there's anything that I didn't ask you or anything that uh, that you want to get out there, any questions that you've gotten, because I know people, you know, they don't just email me. Uh, they, they send emails to you also, Steve and Paul, uh, so we can answer any of those questions as well. Uh, but in the interim, though, I wanted to touch on something you mentioned, a YouTube video that Steve did. He did another one recently regarding a an idea that he has to change the way that people serve. Actually, I've, I've tackled about four subjects with pickleball. I've been playing since 74. And the very first thing I tackled with my dad was to improve the paddle. So he created, you know, the ProLite back in 84. That was the only composite paddle at the time. So that was my first thing. The next thing I wanted when these hard balls started coming out in the late 90s, because remember, we were just using Kosum soccer balls. That was the only ball we used indoors or out. When they came out with the hard balls, well, we hated them in the Northwest because we have colder weather. It just felt like a rock on our paddle. So that was my next mission was to tackle that. And I think things are changing there. 
And then this ratings was my third thing I wanted to, to attack. And now my, my big one right now is I see our service rules as one of the most confusing problems. It doesn't even compare to any, any other uh, rule thing as far as being confusing. So right now, when you serve a ball, the rules are contact has to be below your belly button. Well, nobody knows where the belly button is because it's covered up. Yeah. You have to have an upward motion arc. Mm-hmm. It has to be one degree upward. Well, nobody can tell the difference between one degree upward and one degree downward. And the other problem is we have a rule where no part of the paddle can be above your wrist. Paddle head below your wrist. Did an episode months ago with Wayne yep. Mugley, and we went over this and, and covered those three things. And It can be fixed in a second. My fix is to have my belly button surgically raised. <laughs> that, that's a good well, I was I was thinking, too, maybe at tournaments they hand out belly button stickers. And we but, I'm the naval judge. Please raise yeah, your yes. shirt. Yeah, we'll have to. They have to hire a new person for that. <laughs> but, new committee. Yeah, new committee. We'll form the a naval, the belly button um, committee. Right, right now, if you ever see anybody ever serve with backspin, uh-huh. physically, you know, physics dictate that means they had a downward motion. But I've never seen a referee disallow someone because they have backspin. But that's a downward motion. But anyway, all this can be fixed if if you just hold your arm out parallel to the ground or lower and drop the ball and hit it off the bounce, then you can do anything you want. The referee would only have to look for one thing and that is a legal drop. Simple, feet behind the line, drop it. I, I have a video on YouTube again because I want to get this idea out there and it's- Yeah, we'll link to it. I've put this on lots of different sites and overwhelmingly it's I've had positive feedback. The only negative feedback I've had at all, nobody explains why, they just go silly or I don't like it. It actually is a more fair serve for all body types also, for sizes. Right now, a, a somebody who's 6'6", their waist can be 15 inches higher than a short person. Where if a 6'6 person drops the ball, the ball only bounces two inches higher than the short person. And I know that all these rules that, because these aren't the original service rules of when I played pickleball for the first 30 years, the only thing we worried about then was just contact below your waist, period. I know these new rules have been created to stop people from having aggressive serves. What I'm talking about, not only does that, but it equalizes it for tall people and short people. The referees will not have to be looking at a, at three things simultaneously that they can't see. Now, what uh, when you say the only thing they have to look for is a legal drop, right. do you mean somebody not like forcing the ball down to get a bigger bounce? Correct, correct. Just opening your fingers and dropping the ball. Okay, so if you see if you see their wrist, if they're throwing it down at the ground, okay. that's that's right. not legal. It has another big advantage. I taught PE for 30 years. It's very difficult to teach kids how to hit a ball out of the air compared to letting it drop and hit it. You can ask any tennis pro. I was also a certified tennis instructor. Much easier to teach people how to hit a ground stroke from dropping a ball rather than hitting it out of the air. Let's say that this idea caught fire. What would be the process of actually making it happen? Well, see, what I'm hoping is that, again, just like happened with the rating system, we have people listening to this who are on the rules committee with the USAPA, or maybe they are people who are officials and they're getting tired of, okay, is that serve legal? Is that so much easier to uh, referee? How would it eliminate uh, a lot of people? I hear them say, "Ooh, that's a sidearm serve. He's he's serving sidearm." Right. That gets rid of all that. Who cares now? You drop it. The ball is going to bounce much much lower than your waist when you drop it from a parallel position. That just it can't bounce high because of all the new rules on the ball. The rule is what seventy five inches. The ball is dropped. Seventy. 
78 inches? Mm -hmm. Okay, and then it has to bounce between 30 and 34. Right, so that's lower than the net. The net's, you know, 34 in the middle, 36, and it's not, it's only gonna bounce when a tall person holds their arm out parallel. That's not 78 inches, not even close. So the ball's only gonna bounce 24 to 30, you know. Parallel to what? The ground, your arm would be parallel to the ground or lower. Okay, so you're saying your arm is straight out. Right. But try it and you'll see the good thing about it. This is something you could start tomorrow. So we don't need to have experts with algorithms and technology. You know, that's holding up the ratings. This could start quickly. Have you played games or had groups where all right, we're going to serve this way today and they've yeah, tried and, it? And you forget about it in five minutes. The people that have tried it and don't really like it. What kind of objections do you have to overcome with them? I had one... One person, he's a friend of mine, objected saying, well, on windy days, it'll be hard to drop the ball and hit it off the bounce. Well, we deal with wind outside hitting the ball 44 feet. So that that really wasn't valid. I think another person said it'll bounce too high. Well, that physically can't happen. So the only people that didn't like it say things like, oh, that's silly. But they have no, they have no, they're not backing it with anything. What if you, if you drop it and it takes a funny bounce, can you? Well, don't swing at it then. But if you swung at it, that's a serve. It'd be like a server in tennis throwing the ball up and catching it because they didn't like their toss. Okay. So until contact is made with the paddle, you can. You well, can... an attempted swing would be a swing. Oh, okay. So if you missed it. Right. <laughs> you just flat out right. missed it. Okay. Right. Interesting. We will see what comes of it and uh maybe we'll uh we'll try it uh, have some local clubs try it out and just make this like Steve Peronto day at your local club. Sure, right. <laughs> now it wouldn't matter if you had backspin, side spin, serve backhand for we don't care. Doesn't matter. No one's getting an advantage. All right. Well, let's do that. Let's have some local clubs say, all right, today we're going to try this. We'll, again, we'll link to the video in the show notes and you okay. guys can watch Steve demonstrate and uh, and just say, you know, all right, this Wednesday is going to be Steve Pronto Day and we're going to serve this way and let's try it out. And then you guys, you know, send me feedback. You can email us here, mail at pickleballshow.com and I'll pass it along to Steve and you can you know, mail him directly also. Let's see. Uh, let's see what people think of it. Let's uh, what was the old, the old saying? and uh, 12 Angry Men. Let's uh, throw it out on the uh, stoop and see if the cat licks it up. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today. That's Paul Porch and Steve Peranto, both in Portland, Oregon. Well, thank you, Chris. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Very interesting ideas indeed. And uh, as they say on television news, we will continue to follow this developing story. Hey, have you gotten your copy of the top 10 tips from Pickleball's three greatest coaches? Well, you need to get that. It's free. All you have to do is go to freepbxclub.com. You'll get Prame Carnot, Deb Harrison, Coach Mo all together in one quick study guide that will definitely take your game to the next level. Head over to freepbxclub.com and get your copy today. What are your thoughts on what we discussed today? We'd love to hear from you. You can email us anytime, mail at pickleballshow.com. That's mail at pickleballshow.com. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low.
The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.